0: i'm back Back back. brian as you know i'm a teacher uh in in the classroom sometimes you have a warm-up a a smart start a do now do nows are my preferred uh thing to call them i like it it's direct it's straightforward do now what do we do? It when now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I like that.
0: So here's your. <laughs> Let's
1: do it now. Let's do it <laughs>
0: live. <laughs> Without warming up here, folks, I'm just definitely right. a smart start. Do right. Now. <laughs> okay. So Brian, here's your do now. What is your least favorite sandwich meat?
1: my least favorite sandwich meat bologna
0: oh okay (laughs) all right yeah right there with it
1: right away didn't have to think about it (laughs) wasn't prepared for that question at all and i've got i gave you a a quick decisive answer bologna
0: yeah yeah well you you really captured the spirit of the do now right very yeah i would say mine is ham really yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go a salted meat, I'm not, I'm not hamming. Uh,
1: I don't no. love ham. I'm not here. I'm not going to die in the ham hill, but I, occasionally, you know, ham has its place in my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it. I just think if, if I'm going to go that route, I'm not going ham. Whereas I agree if- with you. Yeah, Even with bologna, I know the kind of... If I'm getting bologna, some things are happening that's caused me to have bologna. I don't know. I get what you're saying, though. Anyway. I can't
1: conceive of a scenario where I'm eating bologna. But, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> Rather than eat bologna, you would just go to the desert and lay down, I guess. Right, <laughs> yes.
1: Right, <laughs> I would just be like, you know, if they, I'll just, you know, I'll eat some crackers. <laughs>
0: All right, fair enough. Well, the reason I ask you that question uh, is because uh, here we are. Uh, we're talking after the Giants-Steelers game, and the Giants are now 0-1 after falling to the Steelers 26-16. to And uh, we're going to recap the game a little bit. But I really felt like watching this game, I felt like it was a sandwich and we ate the, our least favorite meat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Our because, least favorite yet familiar. That's what I would say.
0: Yeah, right. So yeah, I, I think so uh, to me, what the what the Steelers game really was, what it was about, it was right in the middle of the game was the entire key to the game. So the, ultimately it was the stretch that occurred with a minute 39 left in the first half. The Steelers go through their two minute drill. they score right to end the half. Uh make it 16-10, come out. Uh Giants bend but don't break. They get uh you know, they get the Steelers to punt, and then we get the infamous 19 play drive. The drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh that ends in an interception. And I think uh, that's where the game was decided. Like, obviously other things happen throughout the course of the night, but I think that was the uh, real meat, the unfortunate baloney of the game. And <laughs> me, anyway, that's where I'd like to start this week.
1: Okay. Like just on that drive or you just, that's, that was your... Um,
0: yeah, I want to talk where? about the drive a little bit. I want to talk okay. about uh, just about that stretch of the game. And then over the course of the various discussions, we'll probably, we'll end up, you know, putting in other pieces of the game. But I just think that was, that was, really, that was a really critical, uh, critical spot in that game. So we're up 10-9. 10-9 with a minute 39 left in the half. The defense have been playing well. All we have to do is get a stop here, and we go into halftime with a lead, albeit a one-point lead. So a minute 39 left on the clock. Uh, the Steelers have 78 yards to go. And uh, this is when Ben Roethlisberger kind of shook off the rust, uh, you know, stretched out his elbow, and and he really got rolling. So the Steelers went 78 yards. Uh, Roethlisberger was responsible for every single yard on that drive. He was 5 of 7 passing for 67 yards, and he scrambled once for 11 yards. So he was responsible for the whole deal. They had two big plays to Juju. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster from the slot. So they got him matched up on Darnay Holmes, our rookie out of UCLA, fourth round pick. Uh, I think he played overall pretty well, but covering Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot is a pretty tall order. And uh, he was basically one-on-one with him. Both those plays, he was one-on-one. He had no safety help and he was covering Juju all by himself. And then ultimately the touchdown throw to James Washington, uh, they used Juju as a decoy and caused two of our defensive backs to collide. So that Washington, uh, you know, caught the ball unopposed and then fought over the middle to get into the end zone. And then we go into the half down 16 16 to 10 instead of up 10 to 9.
1: Right.
0: Uh, So we come out, defense gives up 22 yards on five plays, but then uh, we ultimately force a punt. And then we start our 19 play drive, which, and again, I think at the end of the game, very fairly, everyone is focused on the interception that ended the drive. Uh, But a lot of 19 plays, a lot of stuff happens and not all of it was bad. So uh, balls on our five yard line, it's third and 14. Daniel Jones throws from inside the end zone and hits Slayton for 18 yards, converting that. Getting us out of that terrible field position. That was a big throw. A uh, couple plays later, we're at third and one, and we run a play action pass that has a couple of different things happening. We got one guy running one way across the formation, we got somebody else running the other way across the formation. It's play action. And by the time Daniel Jones turns to throw it, it seems like there are three Steelers about to absolutely murder him. Uh, and he hits Toy Lolo. Uh, for a pass and he just looked you know like himself and it's funny because when he holds the ball too long he's terrifying but sometimes he looks so cool under pressure and I thought that was one of them Uh, he follows this up with a 10-yard pass to Slayton gets us across midfield that throw is as he was falling back showed great arm strength with that Uh, and then we get that unbelievable fourth and one where he's rolling out to his right he has to stop throws back across the field to Barkley the whole play nets three yards and basically took three years off my life, right? <laughs> um, and so now we're at the 33 yard line. We dink and dunk seven more plays, get down to the 11. Saquon has the run of the night with seven yards up the middle, and we're thinking like, oh man, now Saquon's getting going. Like seven yards, here we go. We're knocking on the door, and then uh, you know Daniel Jones's pants are around his ankles. <laughs> right <laughs> and then it
1: ends in the only way it could end,
0: <laughs> right, and then that I mean, and I mean that was basically that was basically the game, and look, even though we didn't die right away, two plays later uh Snell fumbles off that uh nice Bradbury play, but you know uh Steelers recover and then they go f- kick a field goal, but it's still it, that wasn't until the start of the fourth quarter, so going into the fourth quarter we we'll, we're still only down sixteen to ten. Um, so anyway, I think that was where the game really turned. Uh, there was kind of no coming back for us, you know, at that point, but I think that's where all the critical stuff happened. You had the Steelers with an experienced team, uh, with a minute 39 left on the clock and they know how to work themselves down the field and score. Then we come out, defense makes a good stop. And then our offense drives methodically. And then we just can't finish. And I really think that you know, a lot of stuff happened, but I think that was the essence of the game to me. How about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, you know, um, that was definitely the critical juncture. You know, I don't know. I hate the Giants, Scott. <laughs> 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 I'm so sick of the Giants. <laughs> I really, you know, I, like, I, we had talked last week, and we were kind of, you'd ask me sort of, about the Texans Chiefs, which was the season opener, and whether that would be sort of an okay start for the Giants. And we both kind of agreed that, like, there was a scenario where the Giants could lose by even double digits and we would not walk away, you know, totally disgusted and we might even be think it, progress was made. And theoretically, and I've seen some people kind of taking this approach, that theoretically that is the kind of game that we got. But I just didn't. I didn't like it. Like I, I <laughs> and it was just, I didn't take away like all these positives and, you know, oh we were right there and we fought hard and, to me it just looked like the Steelers started a little sluggish. Roethlisberger's coming back from injury it took him a little while to get going. Um. We have the same problems we always have. We can't run the ball. We can't block anybody. Daniel Jones was under a lot of pressure. And Daniel Jones, I like Daniel Jones. He played well, sort of. But then he makes the kind of interception that's just, like, baffling. You know, that's really the thing about that interception. And, look, I mean, we watched Eli Manning throw many of those interceptions, and we still love him dearly. And maybe Daniel Jones, there's definitely a thing they both have of um, he likes to stand in there and that's an admirable quality, but he seems to have no sense of when it's time to just unload. Um, and I felt like defensively there were guys that played well and I thought, um, you know, Bradbury was a bright spot and Holmes and Martinez played a pretty good game and sounds like Dexter Lawrence played a pretty good game, and Leonard Williams looked pretty good. But, you know, in the second half, we really weren't getting any pressure. It still seemed like we didn't really have the horses, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> They stink. You know, i just so tired of them. People are like, the people, there was like all this like, well, look, we didn't expect the Giants to win this game, and we didn't think they were going to be a great team this year, and they're not. It's like we knew they were going to stink, and they stink, and so that's okay. I don't know. Like, why is that okay now? I just like, I, I just, why does that make it better? Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, we didn't think the Giants were going to be any good, and, that, and you know they weren't. So weirdly, we should all be happy that they're they're right. They were about as bad as we thought they were going to be. I don't know. Like what? What? What am I right. supposed to really be excited about? Like I don't know.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, they stink. Which is exactly what I thought. Thank goodness. They stink in the exact
1: way that we kind of thought they stunk. Oh, good. Can't wait for 15 more of those. Like it just. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just – I don't know.
0: I get it. I don't know what to
1: make of them. I don't know why like, – I, I, and, again, I don't want to be so negative because, like, there were good things. You know, I, I know Pro Football Focus, you know, Daniel Jones, that was the best – highest-rated game of his career by them. Um, I don't understand how that's possible. Like, I, I know that they grade based on, you know, that that's a really good Steelers front, a really good Steelers defense, and that'll they take that into account, and they're just going by – you know, the decision made on each play and, and they're saying, you know, this is the right decision and they're giving him a grade based on like, you know, and they're looking more more holistically and, you know, what was the play call? What was the defense? And by their account, he's doing everything right. But like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's possible though. You know what I mean? Like I've, he had some very good games last year where he, you know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about?
0: No, absolutely. And look,
1: he had two I'm, terrible picks in the game. How could that be his highest rated performance? Like,
0: right. That's you know true. what I
1: mean. Yeah. How is absolutely. that possible?
0: How, right. How is it better than the Bucks game last year?
1: Right. I mean, two, two yeah. terrible interceptions that, oh, by the way, cost them the game. Like, right. You know, those were the critical plays. So, and, I'm not, and again, I agree that he did like lots of good things, and I remain optimistic about him. But I mean, I, I just find that kind of baffling.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, look, I I like uh, analytics, particularly in football. I love the percentages. I love the numbers, the stats, the grading film. There's so much nuance to all of it. I'm not saying like, oh, PFF is stupid or, or you know, anything like that. But at the same time, I am, especially when it comes to the Giants, I am so tired of Twitter trying to tell me that, You know, this was Daniel Jones' best game, and Leonard Williams is actually a steal at that price. Right, right. (laughs) uh, Right, he has
1: no impact on any game he plays in, but if you're really looking carefully, you can see he actually dominated the game. Right. They got killed, and he seemingly was no factor. (laughs) Actually, he was amazing.
0: It's like, okay, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're right. I'm so sick of that. I don't want to hear what the numbers tell me about the Giants, because when I watch the Giants, I don't ever feel happy anymore.
1: Right, right, never. And yeah. that was the thing. And there's and we texted a little about this, and you were right, that this isn't the same old, same old. Like, this is Daniel Jones, his first game of year two. So there is reason to believe that things could get better. But I do just feel like if that had been Eli Manning behind center last night, I mean, uh, Monday night, that's the same Giants team we've been watching for a while now. Like same problems, you know. Like can't run the ball, even though we have the greatest running back I think I've ever seen in my life. Somehow we cannot run it even at all. Daniel Jones under pressure all night long. No pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, it just Aaron Ingram nowhere to be seen. Like I, I just, it was new faces and. It's just exactly the same.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny too because it's very fitting of the Giants, where it really does seem like John Mara is trying to freeze time and always keep the Giants as the exact same team they've always been, like just following right. old philosophies, hiring like car- carbon cutouts of other people that have worked there before, whether they're as talented or right. not. You know, and so it's like they keep trying to build the same team. It's just that, you know, Eli Manning only comes along once in a while. And, you know, you sort of need good players and good coaches, not just one, not just people that remind you of your good players and good coaches.
1: Right. And they keep seemingly fixing these problems that don't stay fixed. You know, I mean, they have fixed the offensive line and like, look, the offensive line has, you know, has some potential, but it's still a long way from being fixed, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, I mean, they what? What is it? Saquon Barkley had what six yards on fifteen carries? I think it
0: was. Yeah, he had like point three yards of carry, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, and
1: I mean, I saw some other stat that he was contacted in the backfield. You know, he, he was his first contact yeah. was like point negative point seven yards behind the backfield, which was you know led the league last year last week. You know, which I would hope I can't even <laughs> conceive of anybody else having their running back struck in the backfield, you know, that often, (laughs) um, a
0: professional to watch him,
1: to watch him not be able to do anything is frustrating. I mean, to say the least.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So I guess here's, here's what I would, here's the question I, I have for you then, because, all right, first of all, do you think a 10 point loss is ultimately reflective of that game or do you think it was worse than the score reflects?
1: I think it's about right. And that's where I feel like I probably disagree with some people who want to put a positive spin on it. Like, I know we were there and we were about to take the lead. I still think they were that much better than us and they didn't play a great game themselves. And ultimately that was like the right outcome for about how we played, how they played. And even though I know that the game really shifted on the interception, I still like that to me was like um, I don't I didn't come away super impressed with the Giants.
0: I would I, you know here's the thing I think you're a hundred percent right that that's the score that it should be that the better team won and I don't really want to hear necessarily like we could have done this we could have done that because ultimately we didn't do those things, but. I think it's, if we're good, like to look at that score and then to to look at the Giants and kind of judge what kind of team are they and what kind of team are they going to be this year? And then it gets into a little bit of splitting hairs, right? Because, you know, obviously they're not a contender. And that goes back to the point we were discussing earlier. Like we thought they'd be bad. And now we know that they're bad. But I think that there's some wiggle room to, to ask, like, how bad are they? Because now you see, and I watched the the Saints-Bucks game last week, but, you know, the Saints beat the Bucks by eleven. And yeah, the Saints are a really good team. But also, let's not forget, the Steelers are a really good team, you know? So yeah, if, you're, I know. if you're a Bucks fan and you lost to the Saints by 11, and you're a Colts fan and you lost to the Jags by 7, and if you're an Eagles fan and you lost to Washington by 10, and last one here, you're a Vikings fan and you lost to the Packers by 9, like, where do you see us fitting in that group of teams that walked away having lost a game by either double digits or close to double digits? And then when you take into the consider into consideration the opponent and who and where that opponent is in the world right now, you know, where do you think we fit in there? Because I to me the Bucs one is is I'd be alarmed if I was a, a Tampa Bay Bucks fan.
1: I would be too, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think um they look particularly great too. They they played a really good team. Um, they have all these you know kind of new piece, new faces. Um,
0: I guess like, my I, point I, is not to go through each team individually, but you know if you look at say the Bucks, the Colts, and the Eagles, all teams that I think going into the season people would not have even they'd have laughed at you if you put the Giants in the same group as them, but all lost by. Uh, a touchdown or more and uh, and you know, not, and two out of those three teams didn't lose to a team nearly as good as the team we lost to. So I still don't know quite yet that we're as bad as we might seem.
1: No, I, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, you know, I, there's definitely the argument. I mean, look, I'm I'm definitely responding to like, years of this now
0: yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) and (laughs) i just wanted to see some reason to make me go like hey like i liked what i saw out there you know i don't know something that made me just say oh look at this like you know maybe something's changing around here or you know some sense that this is a new regime and this is a new era of giants football and um I, I I didn't get enough. Like, I, I don't think the season's over and I could see, you know, I get where people, no one wants to be like, I don't want to be <laughs> really feeling the way I'm feeling. So I get where people, no one wants to kill them. after week one, just be like, it's over. Um, But, I, you know, and, and there's a mindset I could easily, you can get in where you could tell yourself that that was like, there was some encouraging signs in that game. Like, obviously the touchdown to Slayton was a gorgeous pass. Um, the long drive was a very nice drive. Although I, as I think I, we talked about <laughs> off this podcast, uh, off the show. Like I think there's a thing where a really long drive is like a long at bat in baseball. Yeah, where it's like, oh, what a, what an at bat, what a gritty at bat, and the guy like, you know, takes 15 pitches and then hits a single. And it's like, well, I don't know. When I got homers off the first pitch, you know, that's a good, pretty good at bat too. <laughs> so there is this element of like nineteen plays. It's like, yeah, all right. Well, if they scored a touchdown in five plays, that's better than nineteen plays that ends in an interception. Um, right. But there, you know, you can you can find the the positives. Um, the problem. Too I'm just not you. willing to do it for the Giants. Like, I, I just like no. You don't get that. You guys have stunk for too long. Yeah. This whole, like, careful... You know, why am I I waiting another year? Like, why... uh, I don't know. I wanted to see more.
0: I... Yes. I totally... I relate to how you're feeling, and it's completely valid. And I think that's a good transition into uh, a little segment we're going to do here week by week uh, on Giants Among Men, which is... Could have been better. Could have been worse. Right. Uh, (laughs) So... (laughs) You know, I think, you know, that's sort of where we are with this team. Yeah, you know, that, that could have been better, could have been worse. Uh, so talking about new regime and, you know, it's just been too long for certain things to be acceptable. Uh, I just found it really funny uh, on the first drive of the game. So could have been better, could have been worse, Joe Judge. I feel like Joe Judge in his debut with the Giants could have been better, could have been worse. Uh, I found it particularly funny on that fourth and one on the opening drive where we lined up to what looked like go for it. and Yes. Because I hated play. that
1: intensely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had in my notes here, who was Joe judge trying to fool the Steelers defense into jumping off sides or giants fans who thought we might actually go for it on a fourth down this year. Right.
1: But you know, it's your first game. What could be a better time than to go for it there? Set a tone. Yeah. And instead, it's like trying to jump them off sides. Like, has anybody jumped off sides in the last 25 years? <laughs> it's like, they know about it. Everybody knows about the offsides. Run the play. Everybody knows about offsides. <laughs> they know about the trick of trying to get them to jump on fourth down. Just run a play, get the first down.
0: Right, right. I suppose there's probably a Steelers defensive line coach yelling, watch the ball. Right, just come
1: on. Yeah. It never works. And just,
0: uh, I know. But, it's yeah, I think the joke was really on us, the fans, not not the Steelers. Right. Defense.
1: Go for it there. You're a first-year coach. We're an underdog in this game. There's no expectations. Like, it's early in the game. Let's go for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're at midfield. We were rolling. I it.
1: I hated it.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I knew we didn't even. Of all the stuff we've really talked about this week, I we didn't talk about that at all. But I knew I knew you were seething about that. (laughs)
1: That just was so annoying, right? And and then what do we? I think we just we got to penalize, right?
0: Yeah, we got to delay a game because I don't even know what happened. Honestly, were we gonna run a play and the play clock ran out, or were we? I don't don't don't, think so. I I think what happened
1: is we were kind of late. To getting set, so we we couldn't really do as many hot huts or whatever as he wanted to do. Yeah, and then and then the play clock ran out. So, yeah, it wasn't even well executed as a fake.
0: Yeah, no, quite poorly, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so you know, Joe Judge feel like he could have been better, could have been worse, I guess. You know, uh let's see. Let's also talk about. I mean, we got to talk about Saquon. He really, it, it couldn't have been worse. Um,
1: he couldn't have been worse. No, he could not have played worse. I guess he had the yeah. one play where he he leapt over a guy, and that was very exciting. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> and then <it> was immediately <laughs> tackled upon landing. Right.
1: <laughs> right. It was a nice jump, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I lo- I, mean, I want to love Saquon Barkley. He's awesome, but it is. Uh, I don't know what to make of that performance. I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to judge him for the run, the Russian. I mean, he was hit almost immediately on every single handoff. I mean,
0: yeah, every play. I mean,
1: cartoonishly, uh, brought down quickly. So,
0: yeah. So before we get to the 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 Tiki stuff, um, yeah, with him, uh, Connor Orr wrote a piece in Sports Illustrated. Uh, did you happen to see that this week about uh, about trading Saquon? No. You know, I saw the headline, and I was like, oh, what the hell is this? But I read the article, and, you know, his point was basically the Giants have a Ferrari in the garage of a just like a decrepit house that's about to fall down on itself. Right. And how, you know, with running backs, they uh, they depreciate so quickly. These are human beings we're talking about, not automobiles, but – you know,
1: they right. We they it's become fashionable to use that kind of language when, talking, yeah. you know, assets and all that. Right. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So this human being is depreciating right before our very eyes. And he was basically saying <laughs> that the timeline that the giants are on, they're never going to be able to maximize Saquon while he's at his peak. Like it's, we're right. already at the point where the team is never going to catch up to Saquon's ability before he hits that latter part of his career and he starts to decline. So, they would if they traded him away they could at least maximize his value now when they know they're not going anywhere right now and this is one of those things where i do think reading the piece it didn't make me as angry as i thought it would it it, it makes logical sense it's just also not thinking it from the perspective of a fan and thinking about how your team is going to trade away odell beckham jr and saquon barkley over <laughs> the oh god you know That would be
1: an amazing pair of trades.
0: It would be unbelievable.
1: Most exciting offensive players you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) We we were terrible the entire time and traded them for nothing.
0: Right. I was thinking that it it would be similar to last week. You know, we discussed like, what is it going to take to get Julius Randall off the Knicks roster? If we have to get rid of Saquon, but also getting rid of Saquon makes the Maras finally <laughs> say to themselves, you know, I'm not so sure about the job this Dave Gettleman is doing. Yeah, you know, is that worth? Does that make it worth it that we'll just rid ourselves of Gettleman if we have to trade Saquon and we can get a reasonable package of draft picks and so forth back?
1: I mean, it's one of those questions, and and they've talked about this too. Like, it's just like they're not going to do that. So.
0: Yeah, right. That's
1: true. (laughs) They drafted him number two overall. They're never going to admit that that was any type of questionable decision. Um,
0: I I also hate how Gettleman gets credit. Well, you know, he drafted Saquon number two, and Saquon's very talented. And no one's, I mean, Gettleman's not responsible for Saquon's talent. Of course he's talented. But what have we done since we've had Saquon? We have been terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's just the idea, number two. You have to get, like, a franchise-changing player. And unfortunately, running backs are these days can't really do it anymore and you know it's not even their fault it's just you know like if you can't block for them there's just no use having them right um and uh you know i don't know i mean i gotta believe i realize that's a really good defensive front the steelers have and i gotta believe they'll be figure out how to get Saquon going on the ground um because if they can't i mean i don't know then then yeah i mean then look if he's averaging, if he's, if he's having games, like, he had, you know, if he's turning into Le'Veon Bell, um, yeah. like the genius, then yeah. I mean, why not? Then he could look at moving him, but they won't. So I guess that's sort of moot, but you know, yep. I don't think it's an insane thought. It's, it's a disp- depressing one for sure, but
0: right. Right. Well, so let's move on to a, uh, a saner, but equally depressing thought brought to us by, uh, giants legend Tiki Barber. uh tiki on his latest latest media endeavor uh this is his first controversy in this media job um and i would say it rates pretty low as far as tiki controversies there was the one where obviously he took a shot at eli shortly after retiring that caused quite a buzz uh then he used the c word while covering the olympics that was probably (laughs) (laughs) Right. Seemingly like by
1: accident, I think, right? Or I, don't, I can fr- forget how that all went down. But
0: Yeah, I think it was by accident. Uh, or maybe not. I don't, nobody even, I, I don't even think people are so offended by it. I mean, I'm sure people were offended by it. I don't want to get myself into trouble <laughs> by saying <it>. I'm <laughs> sure it was deeply <laughs> offensive to a great many people. But right. it was more just like, I don't know, my takeaway from it was just like, yeah, well, what an idiot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, just a fool.
0: Yeah, right. Just <laughs> the guy who has no sense of just anything. I don't know. Uh, a guy who's supposed to be really smart and supposed to be sort of charming, but I find him to be not charming and just socially an idiot. Right. Uh, but anyway, this time, Tiki, you know, it's again, it's just like there's something about Tiki that makes him just so annoying, but I think he's right. He basically, he came on and... and uh, and and it's his radio show and talked about how, um, you know, Saquon's not a great back because he's not good at pass protection. And I feel like that's fair.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's totally a fair point. I, I will say it, it suffers in a similar way to what, when he criticized Eli wasn't crazy at the time. It's just the way he goes about it for somebody who is a former Giant, who the fans used to love, who played his whole career for the Giants. Like, you know, when he criticized Eli, he was like, when Eli tried to fire up the team, it was comical. And he said it in this just really, you know, I mean, jerky way, like where it was designed to humiliate Eli. Yeah. And in the same way, I think the whole, like, I don't know if he's an every down back is such right. a like, an inflama- intentionally inflammatory comment um, when really the fair criticism is, look, Saquon is a big, strong dude. Pass protection is a weakness of his and there's no reason for that. It should be a strength. Yeah. Like he has every skill you need to be a good pass protector. And it's totally fair to point out that he isn't. And and it's a problem. And, but I do feel like, you know, Tiki being Tiki, uh, you know, kind of says it in this way, of, you know, where he's like, oh, what am I? I'm not even trying to say it, but he knew damn well that that was like, going to cause a big to do in New York. And it did.
0: (laughs) Right. And right. Tiki always seems to think that he can leverage his status as a Giants great player to, uh, I don't know, have these like weird attack, you know, like Strahan plays it pretty perfectly. You know, he he, he straddles kind of being a member of the media, but then he, you know, lets his homer side show a little bit. It's almost like Tiki walks in with this attitude of, because I'm a for, former giant, and because I was a great player for the franchise, I can say what I want, however I want, and it's just that's not how people respond to you, Tiki. I'm sorry.
1: Right, and and it's a while, you're you're always kind of t- you know turning and like sticking the screws in us, and it's like at the most vulnerable time, going after somebody who is at their most vulnerable. You know, yeah. I mean, there's Saquon coming off the worst game of his career. And Tiki shows up, and there's nothing wrong with him criticizing him, I, you know. And, and it's a totally valid criticism. I just think it was like unnecessarily provocative in that Tiki way, um, that you know, it's hard. To, but look, at the end of the day, he has a he has an absolute point.
0: Yeah. So, nevertheless, fair. Right. Yeah. And and it cost us in this game. It cost us a couple times.
1: Yeah, it did.
0: So, uh, and I think that might be a uh, a good. Uh, transition here into, uh, another segment we want to try out here, which is whose fault is it? (laughs) Um, I don't think it's, it's Saquon's fault. Uh, I I'll be honest with you. It might be my fault. Um, I, I texted you and our friend Matt on a group text. Uh, look, I was feeling really good and we were up 10 to three. And, uh, I think it was shortly after that, Daniel Jones strike to Slayton for a touchdown. Then we come out. Our defense shut them down. They couldn't run the ball on us. It didn't seem like any of their motions were messing with us. And I texted you and Matt. I don't remember what I wrote, but I was fired up.
1: Yeah, you were excited.
0: Literally. <laughs> next play, Daniel Jones throws that interception to TJ Watt. And then and then the Steelers score to make it test. Right. <laughs> so... It might have been it might have been my fault. Right. Uh, it could be. Yeah. But I, I I'm gonna go this week with Evan Engram. He was terrible. Yeah. Oh, he was awful. I'm upset about it. Just thinking about it right now. I'm sitting here. I was okay. <laughs> now I'm okay. upset. I know.
1: I, I want Evan Ingram to be great too. I'm sick of, i just but I'm sick of hearing about him too. Like it just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. He makes an occasional play. Um, yeah. you know, it might just be an unfortunate situation where he's just a little bit of a tweener and he's not quite big enough to play tight end and he's too big for a wide receiver and like he's not as useful as you think. I don't know.
0: And he's the reason we didn't score by the way on that opening drive or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it when we had that muff punt. I kind of consider that the whole first drive anyway because we, you know, Steelers never got the ball. But there's two plays on the goal line. He uh he was the one who was supposed to block TJ Watt who caused an almost fumble on Daniel Jones um, down there that was an incomplete pass, but kind of a fumble. You know, everybody's familiar with the question, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. If Daniel Jones fumbles and it's ruled an incomplete pass, did Daniel Jones fumble? <laughs>
1: I'm going to say no. He did not.
0: No, I agree. F- fumble this game for Daniel Jones. We're going to take that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that Watts, the one who hit his arm, and – Engram uh, Ingram was the one blocking Watt. And then on the next play, it was that third down. Uh, Ingram didn't finish his route on what looked like it could have been a sure touchdown there on that. Yeah, it should down. have
1: been, absolutely.
0: So, I mean, and, and he just, he didn't, he had a couple drops. He was awful. I mean, he had that offensive yeah. pass interference. He was, you can't play that bad.
1: Right. <laughs> well, especially because of how much I've been hearing about Evan Ingram. And, you know, I get it. I get the the talent. It's, you, you get excited about him, but it just never seems to show up. Yeah. Um, in actual games. I also thought we should have gone for it then. I, I thought that was, I-, I hated that whole sequence.
0: Agree. Because agree.
1: we didn't go for it. Then we punted. Then we got the gift um, of the fumble. And then we went three and out there and kicked the field goal, which to me was an opportunity again to go for it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, again, too, like we are the clear underdogs. We were playing well at that point, but we're definitely underdogs to this team. You got to take some shots.
1: Right. And it's your first game. I mean, if you ever have a green light uh, to take a couple chances, establish something, you know, you're going to be aggressive, you know, this, you're trying to, this culture, we're going to punch you in the mouth. Like let's get, we need a touchdown there, you know, like that field yeah. goal did nothing.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Brian is Daniel Jones. Good. <laughs> Um,
1: I don't know. I want to say, I want to say he is, but I don't know.
0: All right, let me start with a different question. That interception he threw to TJ Watt. Yes. Was that more on him or was that a great play by TJ Watt?
1: I mean, it was a great catch by TJ Watt. I think the interception was on him because if you look, it didn't look like it was going to be a completed pass anyway yeah nobody was um, yeah he was throwing it was just a weird decision so it's hard to give him too much of the benefit of the doubt on that one although i mean TJ wad was a really smart play both to drop back and um find the ball and then catch it, it was kind of unbelievable but yeah um it was a poor decision um you know He did a lot of really good things. He still really impresses me, Daniel Jones, with his his, his physical talent. um, Still continues to be more than I anticipated. Um, But, you know, I mean, that second interception was just such a like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) I know. what are you doing? Like, just throw it out of bounds. Like, where were you trying to... Like, I know he, he eventually was trying to throw it away, but, like, even where? He was trying to throw it over the end zone. It was like, just throw it to the sideline. That yeah, play is it, over. Um,
0: it, it was It was something, too, where he lost style points. Like, if it was, you know, he tried to force it into a tight window to Slayton or something and it gets picked. It's still heartbreaking, but it's just like, why did it have to look so embarrassing?
1: Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. It was such a bumbling, just foolish play. (laughs) Yeah. And it left such a lingering taste in your mouth of like, is this who this guy is? Is he just makes like boner decisions like this? Um, Right.
0: Because he had some incredible plays to get us there. That's what he really did.
1: Yeah, yeah. A
0: few third downs where he's just throwing lasers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the touchdown, you know, was a gorgeous throw. Um,
0: So. And credit where credit's due. That was actually, that was a good play design by Jason Garrett. Um, actually, right. I, I highly recommend uh, Robert Mays' podcast. By the way, curious, where are you falling on the on the Mays-Clark divorce? Do you find yourself listening more to one or the other?
1: You know, I haven't really been listening to anybody lately, but that's an interesting question.
0: I got to say, I think, oh, go ahead. I want to hear your answer. Well,
1: like, I like Clark a lot as an entertaining person, but I feel like I care more about what Maze has to say about football.
0: Yeah, hundred percent right. I agree with you yeah. totally. Yeah, so I've been, I've been noticing that the the Kevin Clark uh, podcasts are stacking up in the queue in my phone, and I listen to the Maze ones as they come.
1: But- yeah, I mean, what made them such a good match is you know Maze really knows the X's and O's, and then Clark has this like, you know, really insider quality, but then is also very funny. Um, yeah. So who what is May's, what is his show on the athletic? Is it just him or is it a cast of characters?
0: So it's it's a cast of characters, but I think it's a rotating cast of characters. So he's right. kind of central. And and you know, he's kind of using the athletic just has a bigger football staff than the ringer did. So yeah. he's kind of pulling from all their various resources. And anyway, in his in his uh most recent podcast, he had this guy, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, this guy Ted Ted Ginn. Ted Nick, not Ted Ginn Jr., but Ted right. Nguyen, it's Asian last name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's mainly a, he's mainly a, a, a Raiders. Uh, he he's a Raiders fan, but he writes about the NFL and X's and O's. And so he had Mays has him on for a segment where he uh, goes over certain plays that really impressed him throughout the week, and he kind of really gets into the nuances and the details of it. And they had a great segment on that touchdown pass to Slayton uh, that really impressed. So basically, if you, I don't know if you remember, but in the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. There was a pass to Brandon Cooks in the back of the end zone, pretty much right at the goalpost, right at the center of the goalpost. That the backside corner, Jason McCordy, just made a B line to the back of the end zone to go break up. Um, it was a, it was a chance for the Rams to actually score a touchdown in that Super Bowl. It was a pass to Brandon Yeah, Cooks. yeah. So uh that play to um Slayton was basically the same play design, and it was def- and the Steelers defended it the same way that the Patriots did in that Super Bowl. But what Garrett did with the play design was all he did was, so you know, they, the Rams usually line up Brandon Cooks in a very tight split. And so what they did was they widened Slayton out. Slayton was very wide, like almost outside the numbers, so that when he hit the post, there was just too much ground for that backside corner to cover to get to him. And that's why they scored the touchdown.
1: Yeah, there was actually, a, if anybody wants to watch the Joe Judge report. That's right. Um, they do cover it. did a pretty, <laughs> breakdown of that play. That was pretty interesting. Um, And also amusing for Joe Judge's intensity. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's such a football guy. Like, I I definitely get it. Um, He is one of those football people. And his intensity matched with Bob Papa was just very funny.
0: (laughs) No, you're right. I watched it again after you told me how funny you thought it was. And you're right. Bob Papa doesn't really know what to do with that intensity.
1: He doesn't. He doesn't know what to do with it. Like, and he, you can tell he's, like, supposed to, like, talk through the X's and O's a little of the play. And he just really gets into the nitty gritty of it. And Bob Papa's just kind of like, OK, <laughs> all right. OK, you know, right. but he did do it. But he was pretty. He did a great job of breaking down why it worked.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to love those segments, but it is really funny how Bob Papa, you know, he's there to soften Judge while he talks. Yeah. He just can't do it.
1: No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's there to humanize him a little bit. And no, he's like a walking whiteboard um,
0: come to life. <laughs> <That's so> true. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Bears coming up this week uh i i feel good about this game i know i probably shouldn't i know that they have a really good defense and we just played a really good defense really poorly uh but i feel good in fact i am an adult and adults are allowed to make wagers
1: right in some states
0: in some states (laughs) I don't happen to live in one of those states, but I don't know. Right. I want to place a money line wager, the Giants to win outright. Okay. Because I think they will. I That's how confident I am in it, Brian. That's how confident. I feel good about this game.
1: Yeah. How a lot think? of people seem to feel good about this game. Um, and I I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, don't get, get it why? at all. I get all. it a little bit, but I don't get why we we should beat the Bears. Like I, I'm getting a sense that like we should beat them. Um, I don't I don't see why we should beat them. They have a really good defense. Um, they're coming off a pretty good win. I actually watched that game. Um, not on Sunday, but afterwards this week I watched, went and watched it, and I get all the Mitch Trubisky jokes, and he stinks. I'm not impressed by him. But if there's anyone he's probably gonna look okay against, it'd probably be us. Um,
0: you know, but the Lions, they run a similar defense to us schematically, because they have Matt Patricia as the head coach. You know, it's all Patriots cover one man coverage stuff. And they run the same defense that we do. And until the fourth quarter, they held the they held Chicago to three points. And they don't I don't think I mean our, their defense isn't that much better than ours.
1: Right. I guess until the fourth quarter when they gave up three touchdowns <laughs> and lost the game. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like the Lions are probably better team than we are. And the Bears just beat them. And the Bears have been a significantly better team than us over the last few years. Um, I think the Bears think they're a good team. You know, I, mean, I don't know. I just think like the Bears, I guarantee you Bears fans think they're going to win this week, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. The, you know, I get why you think you would beat us. But, you know, look, that game, they only scored three points through three quarters. And yes, they they came on in the fourth, but it's hard to say, was that more of a Lions collapse than it was Chicago starting to play well? I mean, you know, Trubisky threw a few dimes in that in that fourth quarter, but, you know, who knows when those are going to happen? I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's any consistency or reason to think. I don't know. I feel I do feel like a lot of people who follow the bears or cover the bears are walking out of that game thinking, well, you know, because Trubisky played like that in the fourth quarter, that's how he plays now. I don't, I don't see any reason to think that's just how he plays now.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, I, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade for him. Um, I wouldn't want him to be my starting quarterback. Um, But um, I don't know, you know, I, I, it'll be, I think it comes down to like this will be a great way for us to find out which version, which outlook of the game one is correct. Like
0: yes, yes,
1: was that kind of a, you know the the pot the the glass half full or glass half empty? Like we'll get a great sense of where we are because it's like I don't think the Bears are like an amazing team and they they'll kill us, but like I would I would make them a favorite in the game if I was like setting the line, and you know. I think they should certainly feel like they're going to beat us.
0: I don't know. I Okay. So here, like, they're not going to stop our run game the way Pittsburgh did. I just don't see how they could do it. They were letting uh, Detroit run all over them with Adrian Peterson, who joined the team like three days before the game.
1: That's true. He had a good game. Yeah. So how is he still good? He looks old. You know, <laughs> like right. he runs an old man, but he was very effective. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know, uh, during that game, I was watching that game too. And Jonathan Vilma was talking about, uh, how it really seemed like the bears were having trouble anytime they had a fullback in there. And, you know, we look, we, we care, we're carrying Elijah Penny on the roster. We cut Ryan Connolly to keep Elijah Penny for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, you know, so maybe we get a fullback involved or we get some tight ends in the backfield and, and get a lead blocker and try and fix the run game that way. And it seems like Detroit had success with it. Um, Saquon, I mean, you know, I think he has a better shot this week to get going. Uh, They also, the Bears had a lot of trouble covering running backs out of the backfield. It's really looking like uh, Danny Trevathan has kind of lost a step. Uh, Khalil Mack's knee is a little banged up. Robert Quinn is coming back from an injury. So, you know, maybe their defense is still going to kind of be pulling it together. Uh, We're getting uh, Golden Tate back. Maybe our offense has that extra dimension. You know... They're, they're not going to be as good as the Steelers D even though they're very good they're just not going to be as good as the Steelers D
1: yeah I see that uh, Hawkinson had a big game as a tight end for Detroit so maybe Evan Ingram maybe this is his chance to shine um yeah like I mean it's you know we desperately need it our schedule only gets harder so wow. oh
0: yeah we have no we have to win this game have to yeah 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 and that might and that might factor into it too like this is must win for us
1: right week two yeah
0: week two must win game backs against the wall and yeah just like you said right last week the two best offensive players for Detroit were their running back and their tight end you could argue our two best offensive players are our running back and our tight end you wouldn't have known it from watching week one but factually it's probably true right So if we get those guys going and and we can, you know, rattle Mitch a little bit and, you know.
1: What do you think? You know, who I thought had a great first half and then it felt like it fell off was uh, Lorenzo Carter.
0: Yes. Oh, man. I was so disappointed that it fell off, too, because I was starting to think, even from just those weird scrimmages that they televised earlier this year, I really started to think, you know, hey, we, we might have something with Lorenzo Carter finally. And I was actually, I was listening to uh, Jordan Renan's uh, podcast this week. And uh, he he was saying how, uh, you know, Lorenzo Carter, and this is kind of annoying too, because I do feel like he was kind of amping up Lorenzo Carter big in the preseason. And he goes, look, Lorenzo Carter, he, you know, is he going to be a star, a multi-digit sack guy? No, but he could be a good player. Six, seven sacks, maybe. He could be okay. You know, which I guess that's not something to get excited about. But considering... <laughs>
1: Right, I mean it's like so what? You know, <laughs> like of course we I mean if we can't find a guy who can do that I mean right. like <laughs> right. Right. what? Well I mean geez, like that's the thing I'm talking about. It's like this curve that we're grading this team on. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, we can't find a decent linebacker and get five sacks. Like Right. You know, I, I mean I've been hearing, like they've been talking him up. I think they have been suggesting that he has star potential, you know, or he could be a pro Bowl or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he did look very strong in the first half. I was excited about it. And then it just seemed like he disappeared.
0: It's true. I feel like you have hit the point with the giants that I've been with uh, the Knicks for a while where it's like, well, Julius Randle's not, he's not really, he's not a star player. Well, then why do we have him? Right. And so it's like, right. Lorenzo Carter. <laughs> He's an NFL player. Well, right. The Giants are an NFL team. He should be an NFL player. What are <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, it's like any talent we identify, it's like, oh, well, this is a building block. And it's, I just don't, I don't know. I don't think the NFL, that you have to really have this approach of like, we're building something and we're going to take 10 years, you know, getting all these young players. It's like, look, we've rebuilt. We, we have... Like we gotta start playing well,
0: yeah, no, you're hundred percent right, you're hundred percent right, and why haven't we made moves, like I don't know, like we can't look at this team and be like, well, this is the team,
1: or, or just yeah, this is well, they're a bit, they're a young you know, they stink, and <laughs> there's no reason to think otherwise, I mean, I don't know i I need um I need to see a little bit more that that makes me um excited about the direction they're going and again i'm also being negative i had a long week scott i'll tell you the truth i'm doing remote, I'm, I'm doing remote kindergarten uh I'm, I'm teaching a five-year-old how to speak spanish on zoom and you know <laughs> my son is a nightmare as far as that goes i'm uh you know hanging in by a thread as we all are so when i turn on those giants on monday night and i just see the same Crappy team. i <laughs> watching, and you know, I, with I and I can again. I, I feel like, look, we got a first coach. It's his first game. We got a second year quarterback. It's his second, you know, first game of his second year. Like, um, there's no real reason that I have to be. You know, I I shouldn't. I drank probably an entire bottle of wine that evening, and that was probably <laughs> not necessary. I shouldn't have been as depressed as I was, but I was, and I'm feeling like i'm going to be again but you know i take your point that um like i like that you're feeling good about the bears this week that makes me happy um and i hope to i hope i can get there as well
0: <laughs> let me ask you this is a very important question uh i think it's really gonna help us on sunday what what's your menu for sunday what like are you gonna have a spread at all or are you just trying to survive to watch the game
1: yeah, it's survival. I'm not breaking out a spread. I'm not, and my wife, we're you know, she's not letting me carefully lay out the salami and mozzarella um, <laughs> for, for football games anymore. If I'm lucky, I'll be watching it on an iPad um, while my kids watch, you know, Power Rangers um, yeah. on the big screen TV. <laughs> <laughs> I've and tried- maybe they'll leave me alone so that I can do that.
0: Yeah, but. Maybe-
1: uh yeah,
0: I've tried to get clever with Haley. I try to make it like an event for her. I bought, so I bought her a, a Giants t-shirt for this Sunday and I bought it online and I saw, you know, obviously too, you know, like young kids clothes, you're not trying to break the bank to buy your five-year-old clothes because she's not going to wear it again next season. So I saw a t-shirt online for six bucks. I thought, perfect, buy it. It comes. And what I didn't realize, because I didn't look at the extra pictures, is that it's an Odell Beckham t shirt. That's why it was picked <laughs> out. So, uh, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. She's going to be decked out in Giants gear. Uh, I'm going to get. Uh, so, another thing that usually happens around this time of year that's not happening this year is where I live in Brooklyn, there's usually a street fair that we love to go to. And, like, you know, a lot of the bars have outdoor setups. So they have TVs out there. So you kind of can follow the games and. You usually eat sausage and pepper at the at the street fair. Nothing beats a good street fair sausage and pepper. Um, So I'm going to try and recreate the street fair atmosphere in our home. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to get us some some zeppoles and uh, and a uh, and a sausage and pepper at this place in our neighborhood. And bring it home, and I think that that's gonna it's gonna be what brings us over the edge.
1: That sounds lovely, and I, yeah. you know, as you know, I firmly believe that the atmosphere in which you that you create for yourself on game day has a major impact on uh, the outcome. Um, for sure, and you know, I I, uh, I don't want to fully lay the blame for this, but I will say that when my wife was eight months pregnant. I was at Super Bowl 46, <laughs> watching our very beloved New York Giants take down the Patriots at the game, and what was the single greatest day of my life. And here we are, eight years later, and it's been an absolute disaster. And you know, I, I think I'm pointing fingers at my two darling young children, but I think they know what they've done. And uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to start to get them into it, and I think maybe that'll be. I'm I'm getting some some positive uh, shoots that they might be starting to open their hearts to the Giants. So we'll see. Maybe that'll help.
0: All right. Well, maybe yeah. Maybe that's what's going to put us over the edge. That's going to help our betters go from covering to the money line. Giants winning right. outright. That's my pick.
1: All <laughs> right, and I'll make that bet for you. Thank I'm assuming you. it's 20 G's. Is that?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> 20 large. Okay. Two, two units. Two units. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. As always, a pleasure. Go, Giant. Yes. And uh, hopefully, oh, next week, starting next week Thursday, Thursday morning, six a.m. Set your alarm clocks. We will be making our debut on Radio Free Brooklyn. You will also still be able to have access to our podcast on the regular feed. Probably on Saturdays, we're still working that out. Uh, but you will get your much needed Giants content before we kick off the following week against the Rams. Uh, thanks for yep. joining us, everyone. And Brian- yeah, looking
1: forward to it. Set your alarms, make your coffee, make your omelet. Um, if you're still commuting, if that's a thing, you know, listen to us <laughs> on the way.
0: Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes. All right. Uh, see everyone next week.